I've never set out to be the best. I've never set out to have the best match every night. I've always just wanted to make sure whatever I do is a memorable moment for people watching. Welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. Hopefully you've all had ample time to remove the shrapnel from your bodies after going to war this past weekend. War games at Survivor Series, Boston, Massachusetts. Of course, my co-host on Monday nights was there, KP. How was your weekend? How was your first ever experience being near the sadistic structure we now know as war games. Yeah, truly epic. I mean, I was on the kickoff show with Booker T, with King Jerry Lawler, Peter Rosenberg, Caleb Braxton. We all got it so wrong in terms of how it played out in the end. And we were living it as fans. It was just a special weekend, special moment at TD Garden. And I don't know, Graves, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. I was dying a slow death the last few weeks out on Raw. Now I'm starting to feel myself again. So happy days. You're feeling better. You're grinning from ear to ear. You survived War Games. We've got Kevin Owens, who competed inside War Games, had a big Monday Night Raw. The prize fighter will be joining us in a little while. Of course, we've got to talk about a lot of stuff that went down on Monday Night Raw, but I think the world is still buzzing. It's been less than a week now since the main roster, as we know it internally, Raw and SmackDown, witnessed war games for the first time ever. Of course, this was a creation of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. If you follow NXT, you've seen it before. It's a different iteration. It has evolved from the days of the American dream into what we now know. Uh, what are you, What were your initial reactions? First, the, men, the women kicked off the night. The men closed the show. Uh, everyone's buzzing about the, the embrace, the shocking revelation that, in fact, there is no heat within the bloodline. Everyone is peachy keen, but... Now you've had a few days to digest it. We got through Monday Night Raw together. Kevin Patrick, what were your main takeaways from this past Saturday night? Men's War Games match. Got to go there first. Got to get in deep on this one here, Graves, because not for a second did I think or believe that the bloodline would come out stronger and more united from War Games. From everything we saw on Friday Night SmackDown, the interaction between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Jey Uso listening in, you know, creeping in the background there, listening to every word that KO was saying. I just figured this is it. You know, this is it for Sami Zayn. Honorary use is done. Jey Uso's having the word with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns says he's going to have a chat with Sami Zayn. And what followed for me was just unbelievable, epic television. Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. That interaction backstage, Graves, was one of my favorites in a long time, especially being part of WWE now for the past two years. Seeing Roman Reigns and not knowing which way the tribal chief was going in that moment, in that interaction with Sami, whether he was going to just absolutely destroy him right then and there, or whether he was going to give him that embrace and that moment of love. And even when he gave him that hug, I had major doubts as to where Roman Reigns was going and how he was thinking about Zayn. And then the way it played out, in match, for me, it was just brilliant, brilliant television. And it was epic viewing from the moment that Roman Reigns said, no, no, Jimmy, you stay. Sammy, go. Sammy had to go in with Jey Uso, right? How were they going to play out? How was it going to work? And then Jay hits him with a super kick, albeit he didn't mean to. And that's when I thought again, Sammy's done here. Sammy's going to get devoured inside this horrendous structure that is War Games. But it didn't really happen that way. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. 
I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. The famous moment, I think the moment that we'll all look back on, when Sami Zayn hooks the arm of the referee and helps Roman Reigns when Kevin Owens was a millisecond away from securing victory for his team over Roman Reigns after hitting the stunner on Reigns. I, I, I was just blown away. I was totally and utterly lost in that moment. But even at that split moment, Graves, there was a delay from Sami Zayn. And I didn't know where Sami was going to go in that moment. And I'm not sure Roman knew where Sami was going to go in that moment. But ultimately, the low blow, the haluva kick, he assists Jey Uso for the win. I just thought this was one hell of a, excuse the pun, match in its entirety and the way it was told and the way it played out. It was just marvelous television for me. How'd you feel? It just, to me, reinforced the reason why the bloodline is the hottest act in the business and the most compelling story WWE has seen in quite some time. Because just when you think you know where it's going... It changes directions. Red herrings left and right. You're not the only one. You yourself, you work here, KP. You, you're backstage. You know these guys. And we don't know where the story is going to go, how it's going to play out. And it's so compelling, even for you and I, who, who again, you, you've, you're relatively new at this in this game. I've been sitting in that seat for a long time. We watch a lot of wrestling, see a lot of action, a lot of stories, a lot of characters. But the bloodline remains red hot. And it's such high quality. That's the thing. It's not just, oh, well, we know how this plays out. Oh, we know. There's no foregone conclusions here. Yourself, as well as, I would dare say, half the people in Boston, in TD Garden, and maybe half of the people sitting at home watching ask the same questions. Which way does this cookie crumble? Does Sammy take up for his best friend, Kevin Owens? Wouldn't have shocked anybody. You could have understood it, but it didn't play out. And instead, this machine that is the bloodline continues to grow more and more dominant. And it's very cool. You, you hear a lot of comparisons from fans or online about uh, the NWO versus the bloodline. And they're completely different situations. Obviously, the NWO were this outside faction and it had never been seen before and truly revolutionized the business. But the NWO was cool. You wanted to be part of the NWO, even though they were beating up your heroes. They were destroying all of your favorites in WCW, but it was just so good and so cool how they did it. You wanted to put on that black and white t-shirt. Today, to this very day, I still think, I remember Eric Bischoff being on the show telling me maybe a couple of years ago, I think the NWO is still 
one of the hottest selling t-shirts that WWE shop produces to this day, all these years later, I foresee the bloodline having that same sort of long-term impact in that right now it is red hot. Yes, they are beating up your heroes. They are destroying your favorites, but man, you would be remiss. And if you tell me you don't wish part of you that, that you came up with the Anawai family and, and, and growing up with those Island boys, the way they did that rough and tumble, badass street credibility. And, and I talk about all the time, the coolest thing about the bloodline is the truth behind it. It's reality. It is real. Roman Reigns did grow up with the Usos. They are as close as brothers. Solo is the youngest Uso and arguably, from what we've seen from him thus far, could be the most dangerous. The newest face gives, gives Solo a little bit more time. The guy's already beyond his years as far as in-ring ability. I and mean, he grew up in this business. And I said it not by accident during war games on Saturday night. Solo and the way he moved in his mannerisms and his reactions reminded me in the moment very much of Umaga. And I, I said on the air with all due respect, because I know in what regard the family looks at Umaga and, and the reverence with which he is viewed within the family. So I would never say that as a flippant comment, but a smaller, more compact version, but the same hard hitting impact, the same savagery. Once he gets going, he's stoic all the time. But once that bell rings, man, Solo is an animal. And oh, by the way, there are siblings we haven't even seen yet. There are siblings who probably are just learning to walk who are already under developmental contract because that's what this family does, right? That's why the, the Anawai tribe is so important and all of the branches of the tree. I mean, that, that family that we talk about, the bloodline, it's not a cool nickname. It's the truth. And you're seeing this unfold. And Sami Zayn, I think, fits into this role so well because Sami's a lot of us that want to be an honorary ooze. We want to know what it feels like to walk to the ring with the tribal chief and draped in gold. And you've got the wise man beside you and the, the crowd. The minute you hear the first few notes of Roman's music or that, ooh, so now everybody's on their feet watching. Everybody is waiting to see what you do next. And that has trickled down from the head of the table from Roman Reigns and washed over the Usos and Solo Sokoa and Sami Zayn, and whoever else comes into this mix, because this story isn't just, if the bloodline lose a match, they're not all of a sudden going to evaporate and disappear. These guys are going to run this place for the foreseeable future. And there are so many exciting ways that this could go. And I dare say this is a more compelling situation than the NWO because of the reality behind it. When I say they are as deep as they are dangerous, I mean it with every fiber of my being. I gush about these guys constantly. I have been, they're my favorites on screen, but they're also a lot of my favorites off screen. I truly believe everything that they do. But for my money right now, the bloodline is well on its way to being as hot of an act that endures the test of time in this business, second, maybe only to the NWO. So how did we get it so wrong? How did I, how did Booker, how did King, how did all of us get this so wrong? I'm looking at Twitter I'm, I'm looking at what everybody's thinking during the match. Everybody had it wrong. I, don't, I didn't see anybody, you know, predict how this was going to play out. And I, and I looked at this match and I thought the MVP of this match is going to be KO. This is a structure made for KO. Booker T. I don't know the, that he wasn't. Yeah, but Booker Booker's saying, no, it's Butch. 
This is made for Butch to have a standout performance and, and the Brutes are going to take this. I was convinced the Brutes were going to take it. I was, I was convinced the bloodline was going to be more fractured than, we, than we've ever seen them, given Sami Zayn and what had played out. And we were so far wrong. And that image, Graves, of Sami Zayn in the center of the bloodline, when the arms were raised after victory and Roman Reigns looking across at Sami Zayn, who is in the center of the bloodline, will be remembered forever. You were wrong. Many people were wrong. And let me ask you this. Now that you're looking back, wasn't it fun? Yes. Wasn't it fun to be yes. wrong? Isn't it fun to let the story play out and be fooled and not predict every beat of the story going forward? Isn't it fun to be a fan, Kevin Patrick? You and That's I get it. lost in this, right? That's our job. But there is nothing better. There is no more incredible feeling from where we sit than to be able to get lost and sucked into a story because you and I have a lot going on. We've got, as we talk about traffic where we have to throw to this package, we have to know this commercial breaks coming up. We have to know what's coming up next constantly. You and I never get to rest even when we're in the middle of a sentence about something else. So for our imaginations to just be captivated and captured and held hostage for the duration of war games because of the bloodline. And, and to the point we made, we talked about making stars last week. I think Butch and Ridge had a hell of a night. I think they absolutely took steps up the ladder. Are they all of a sudden the champions? Not yet. But I don't think anybody that watched war games Saturday night has any lower of an opinion about Butch or Ridge or Sheamus or Drew or anybody in the bloodline or any woman that competed in, in the match that kicked off the night. And I'm sorry, we're not, diving too deep into that one just yet but to your point this is what everybody's still buzzing about was war games and i think physically speaking everybody a lot worse for wear than they were saturday morning but from a perception standpoint i do think that a lot of people on saturday night took some of those steps necessary that we discussed last week to really make their own mark in their own way in wwe if you were to play a game of stock up here and just and just focus on that, I think you're absolutely spot on with Ridge and Butch. They were right there with everybody during that War Games match. The other one for me, stock up, I didn't think it could go any higher, Becky Lynch. The impact that Becky had, the, the influence that Becky had, the manhandle slam on the Kota Kai, the, the, the leg drop from the top of the cage. Coming off the top of the damn cage Seriously. like a maniac. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely wild. An incredible effort from all 10 women in War Games. It was it was truly fantastic. Hats off to all those women who left it all in the ring. Of course, the man earning the glory for her team. Curious to see where that all goes. How can we talk about what went down Saturday without mentioning the new United States champion, Seriously. Austin Theory, for a second time? And personally, I think maybe the sleeper hit of the night, which how stacked was Saturday night that the sleeper hit of the night was Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory in a triple threat for the U.S. championship. It was a banger. It was excellent. You know what a fan I am of Lashley and Rollins. I am not at all upset or disappointed that Austin Theory has done exactly what he set out to do, exactly what I sat on this couch in my basement several weeks ago and told everybody to take a deep breath and relax and let it play out. He's not done. He's not all of a sudden getting the boot. Fresh coat of paint. All Austin Theory needed, and he's the guy again. Have you seen anything like this in your recent memory where someone was so down and out? Like, I, I keep going back to those fans two weeks ago. I forget where we were. I believe it was, was it Albany, New York, or, or Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania? They were chanting, that was stupid. 
as, as Seth Rollins is the, is the man with the United States Championship and he just simply mentioned Austin Theory's name. And that was stupid. The internet talking about Austin Theory, like he's some sort of dumbass. Austin Theory lost that weight that he talked about, given the, 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 the money in the bank contract. Uh, and he had lost his United States Championship not too long ago as well. And there's something about him now, that aggressive approach, that freedom, that liberty that he has. He was shot with, you know, strapped to a rocket and brought to the very top by Mr. McMahon. And and now he's simply himself. I'm going to let everybody in on a little secret. If you see your favorite superstar or any superstar on our television, that's not a bad thing. This game is all about maximizing your minutes. If you're on TV for 30 seconds... You make the most of that 30 seconds. If you're on TV for three minutes, you better use every second of that to establish yourself or to further yourself. And that is exactly what Austin Theory has done each and every time he was given an opportunity. People were upset with him. People didn't like him. People didn't take him seriously. Okay, change the mentality. You're still featured. You're still getting opportunities. And it's what you do with those opportunities that really matter in WWE. Austin Theory is a shining example. And I've said it once. I might as well say it a million times. And I'll be screaming it in the streets one of these days. Austin Theory is the future of WWE. Period. Is it going to happen next week? Probably not. Maybe by WrestleMania. Perhaps two WrestleManias from now. But trust me, the dude's got the work ethic, the look, the passion, and the skill and talent necessary to be a major league player for years to come. I am excited about the future of Austin Theory. Look at how good he looks too. You, you talk about the work ethic, you talk about his skill in the ring. He is, uh, he, he's a great looking fella. Don't mind saying it. He, he is a physical specimen. The work he puts in in the gym to make sure he's in tip top shape. Uh, he posted a photograph on his social media a few days ago. I think it was a 10 year difference of when he was a young, much younger kid, probably, you know, yes. 25 or excuse me, 15 years of age versus now. And you just have to look at that and admire someone who decides I'm going to make this happen in any walk of life, whether you simply make a decision, right? That you're going to make it happen and you follow through on that. And you're playing with the big boys, Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins, and you come out on top as United States champion again. Look, I'm delighted for him. People can love him. They can absolutely hate him all they want. But for me, he's a winner given his mindset. No doubt about it. Austin Theory will be a force for years to come, as is the man who has been a force and will continue to be a force in the imminent future. He is our guest. He competed this past Saturday night in War Games, and he seems to have set his sights toward a certain tribal chief and his undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Please welcome to ATB, Kevin Owens. KO, what a week it has been personally, professionally. I've got to ask before we go any further, how the hell are you feeling physically? Um, I, I guess I'm fine. I, I think, you know, it's, <laughs> it really, no worse it, than usual. it really changes by the day. You could ask me that question tomorrow and I'm feeling awful, but today I think I'm okay. But I don't know. Like, I'll get out of my car and my back could be shot and I'm not aware until I start walking. It's been, uh, right, yeah, right. the last few months have been uh, interesting in that aspect. Like, I wake up fine, but by two o'clock, my knees don't work. I don't know. You know what I mean? Such is the life of a, of a sports entertainer. But it, it really hasn't started hitting me until recently, honestly. I'm like, man, just weird aches and pains will come and go. But yeah, I, I, at this moment, I'm sitting in my truck. I feel great. It's nearly a uh, it's nearly a thank you from me to you. I, I'm new enough in the commentary role, as you know, and I found myself 100% lost in the moment in your main event. 
with Jey Uso. Just one hell of a match. I'm glad Graves asked you how you're feeling because throughout the match, it seemed like your back gave way, yet the, the, the fight, Owens fight mentality persisted in the face of the bloodline. And you must have been feeling mentally good after a victory, yet physically beaten up after that one. Uh, yeah, my back was really bothering me going into it already. And then I've had knee issues the last few weeks. So yeah, I, I went in feeling pretty beat up, but it just worked out really good. And uh, I think everybody really enjoyed the match. And so did I. So, you know, it's, it's just nice to walk away from it all with people enjoying what you do. Adrenaline's a hell of a thing, isn't it? You are a superstar who wears your emotions on your face every time you're in front of a WWE camera. You could see the excitement and the intensity when you made your entrance in Boston on Saturday night. You've competed in NXT before in war games. What did it mean to you to be performing in a match created by Dusty Rhodes, who you hold so near and dear, but for the first time ever on the main roster as a Raw and SmackDown main event on a pay-per-view Survivor Series. What was going through your head? Yeah, it was a real thrill to be a part of it when I did the, I did the one in NXT just because it was great to be part of something that Dusty created, you know? And then uh, to be part of the first one on the main roster and, you know, I took the opportunity to wear Dusty's shirt and the red elbow pad as a, you know, as a tribute to him. I, I, I talked to Cody beforehand, make sure he was cool with it and everything. It's, uh, it's just always neat to kind of be able to tie back to history and give, you know, Dusty a little nod. I try to do that as much as I can because he was so, he was so influential in my career in this. I really had access to him for a very short time. Like we're talking maybe 10 months uh, between the time I started in NXT and the time he passed, you know, but man, in those 10 months, he really left a mark on me that nobody has. Like I've known people for years and years and years and years in this industry, and they haven't left half the influence on me that Dusty had in that short time. So anytime I get to do something, a little like a little shout out to him, I, I, I take that opportunity. So to be part of the first main roster war games, be able to do that, and then just being part of that match itself, it's a very exciting concept. It's a, you know, anytime there's something new, it's great to be a part of it. And this was new to a lot of people because it was the first time they got to see it on the main roster. Obviously, not everybody that watches the main roster necessarily watches NXT. Not everybody watch, you know, knows what War Games was from all the way back in the day. So it was cool to be a part of this new concept that, uh, you know, a lot of people probably saw for the first time on Saturday. KO, you talked about Dusty's influence on you. In, 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 in what way did Dusty influence you? If you could give us any, any memories. Man, honestly, the... Uh, there's a lot of little stories that are so funny. You know, Corey's probably got a million of them. So many, anybody that was around Dusty for any period of time has a lot of stories of just how, uh, how great he was, how funny he was, all this stuff. And that's an influence he leaves on you. Just not even necessarily trying to teach you about wrestling, but just as a human being, I think the biggest thing he taught me beyond whatever wisdom he imparted me, as far as how, you know, promos and just presence in the ring and all that stuff. That was his forte, right? He really is the one that showed me from the get-go that I, it's okay to be myself here. Because when I came into WWE, there was always a whole obstacle of the way I looked, who I was. That's not what WWE is looking for. That was the sentiment for so long, right? But I came in and Triple H took a shot on me. You know, he, he gave me a chance. And uh, Dusty, right from the get-go, just made me comfortable and made me understand that I could be who I am. I didn't have to try to put up a front. I didn't have to try to be something I wasn't. Uh, Cause he, that's never what he was. He, he stayed true to himself his entire career. 
And, uh, you know, he, 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 that, that would be the biggest thing he, he imparted in me, uh, during the short time we had together. I love, I love the tribute and the reference, the elbow pad. You just needed the white knee pads on the outside of your jeans. I know I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't get them. Also, I, uh, I, I didn't have cowboy boots either. So I forget. I, know. I, I thought, yeah, you pointed it out. You, uh, <laughs> but I knew, I, I knew what you were going for. That's why I brought it forward. I, yeah. I was trying to help it along. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I, I tried to wear the knee pads outside of my jeans, but with the running shoes, it really doesn't look as cool. So <laughs> it probably looked really yeah. unusual. <laughs> oh man. So, so Kel, let me get, I want to get your perspective. Now you've competed inside war games twice. It was my first time getting to call war games. Uh, obviously the first time it happened on the main roster Monday morning, full disclosure to everybody. Uh, Kevin was there. Kevin Patrick was there. We had a meeting as we do before Monday night raw each and every week. And there were questions asked as to how do we improve war games? How do we tweak war games? Because this is the first rollout. We got the men's and the women's the, all in the same night. There was a lot happening. It's very difficult to differentiate two of the same style matches within the same card. Kudos to all 20 people involved because that's exactly what happens successfully. But having been in it now twice, uh, from a competitor's perspective, is there something you would like to see more of or less of or change as to how the match is structured? This is my own personal preference. I'd love some sort of platform that runs at the top from one side. Almost like the fight pit has. Kind of, but like maybe in the middle, you know, like in between the, you know how there's like the, the in the, between the two rings, there, uh, there's that steel platform, like linking both rings. I do one of those at the top as well. Of above. Yeah, the, the two, and then, you know, there's stuff we can do off of there or on there. I think that'd be kind of cool, too. Almost like scaffolding. You know, they used to have the scaffolding matches where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Jim Cornette blew his news Which out. Which were always terrible right. but terrifying. That, that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, that just adds a, another element to it. And maybe that's something in the future, you know? Like, who knows? And, and that's, what, that's what brought this up. It, it was a very exciting conversation to be part of because everybody across the board went, cool, Saturday night was an awesome success. How do we make it better? And obviously the fans like to weigh in and the fans have their input. And, and Kevin, I mean, you yourself know as well as anybody, the current regime is paying attention. They are listening. What can make the show better for the fans? How do we make this more inclusive to everybody and, and a better viewing experience for all involved? But I think it was a hell of a start this past Saturday night. I agree. K.O., what is it about you that, that you're talking about you want to further structure to cause more carnage and more damage throughout a structure? What drives the mindset of Kevin Owens that makes you want to inflict more pain on your own body, but for the greater good, the watching WWE universe? You know, well, I obviously don't think of the consequences of what I do, right? And I'm sure it'll catch up to me if it's not starting already. <laughs> the most brutally honest answer in the history of the podcast. Yeah, I just live in the moment. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just remember what was exciting to me watching, you know, growing up. And that's the kind of stuff that was really exciting to me. So... I love a great wrestling match with just one, two guys getting in there and, you know, showing their skill, owning their craft, all that stuff. I love that. But I love a good brawl. I love a good hardcore match. I love a good, you know, hell in the cell. Like, I just, whatever's exciting, like, and, you know, the whole concept behind War Games is to be as exciting as possible. That's why the structure was even ever created. So why not, you know, take it up a notch? But it doesn't mean that has to be done now either, right? Like, there's a, process to it it's a new concept to a lot of people now i'm talking you know five six seven years down the line maybe that's something to be added once people are already used to this concept uh but yeah to me this just goes with excitement and what you know i i um 
I've never set out to be the best. I've never set out to have the best match every night. I've always just wanted to make sure whatever I do is a memorable moment for people watching. And that's just kind of sounds like it would help me make some memorable moments, you know? So that's just kind of what my mindset has always been, really. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. You claim to not have been set out to be the best, but currently it appears as though at least your sights are set on the current best, of course, Roman Reigns. We saw the interactions inside of War Games. We saw the fallout Monday night on Raw. It seems as though all signs point to Kevin Owens stepping up to the plate yet again to Roman Reigns at some point in the hopefully not-too-distant future. Why is Kevin Owens in this day and age, today in, in November, I guess December at this point of 2022, better equipped to knock off the head of the table than you were two years ago at Royal Rumble when you almost did. Yeah, you know, I I don't think much has changed, honestly. I think I was pretty well equipped back then, too, and it just didn't work out that way for you know multitude of reasons. I just think there's unfinished business. I think there's a, a, a the story's just not done. And I think a lot of people watching would agree, and it like it's been two years since all that stuff happened. And uh man, everything Roman and I put each other through happen in front of empty arenas, you know, during the pandemic. I would love to be able to get that, recapture that and see what happens when it's in a, you know, in front of a, a sold out arena or sold out stadium, whatever it may be, and, and get to feel the energy of a crowd watching what, what's unfolding in front of them. So I'd love to get to do that one more time with them, uh, just for my own benefit, just to be able to hear what we can do with, with fans, uh, you know, in, in, in the stands. It's wild to me that that all took place during the pandemic. Yeah, I yeah. remember that so vividly in, in the, I remember the, the, the handcuffs and all, and the, the, the entire thing. I remember that entire rivalry very vividly, but the one thing that I, I didn't was that it was during the Thunderdome era and there were, there were no fans. That's a whole different environment, a whole different scenario. A, it's, it's a testament to you and Roman for being able to make magic without fans in the house. But that I, I understand why you would be salivating at the chance to have a packed house and do that all over again. Yeah. You know, to me, it's those three matches we had uh, are some of my favorites I've ever had. And they were, like I said, in front of nobody. And, and that's not true. They weren't in front of nobody. They're in front of you guys. They're in front of our, our production 
team. You know what I mean? And I would always, it's funny because I've said this before in interviews during the pandemic, you know, we, we get asked in interviews all the time, like, how would you keep yourself motivated? Cause you're wrestling in front of technically nobody, right? I'm like, well, I would just keep our production team, our camera crews, our commentators, just everybody that's seen wrestling for a very long time. They're my audience now. And if I, you know, if I have a match and, uh, our camera guys like Stu or Sweaty come up to me after and tell me, hey, that was really good. Those guys have seen it all for a very long time. If I'm able to entertain them and make them not, uh, you know, forget about the fact that they're holding a 45-pound camera and filming just two guys wrestling again, you know, like if I'm <laughs> able to make them uh, enjoy themselves well, so like I've done something good. So I would still use that as motivation in those matches too. But again, you know, it's nothing like 16,000, 17,000, whatever, even if it's in a stadium, 45,000 people watching. So I'd love to get a, a, you know, the opportunity to do that for sure. You know, I love the fact that you've brought that up, KO, because I, I found WWE so unbelievably unique in that there's so many people behind the scenes that have been there for 25, for 30 years, lifers, you know, guys that haven't really worked anywhere else that, that love this business more than anything. So for you to lean on them for their approval nearly, it says an awful lot about the overall company, I think, and the people working behind the scenes, oh, which, is, which is really well said. Man, I've said this before, right? But the people that we have behind the scenes, unsung heroes is like a, an understatement. The people that put the arena together, the people that, you know, the, 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 from the camera crew to the stage managers to everybody that works behind the scenes. Man, they're, they're like, to me, the second I showed up in the, in the main roster, I remember uh, actually... Um, Joey Mercury was working with us at the time as a you know, producer, whatever you want to call it. He told me, you got, you, these are resources, these people. You got to get to know them. And, and I took that to heart and he was so right, so right. Because now, uh, you know, like I'll give you an example. Kasama has been there forever. She's a stage manager, whatever her, her exact title is, right? But she'll be the one responsible for some of the backstage uh, stuff we do, whether it be you know, a little uh, two-minute thing to promote a live event or, or you know, some sponsor thing that we ha like. And if, if she's enjoying what I'm doing, she's seen it all. She's been there forever. She's seen the best. If she can laugh or be entertained by what I'm doing, I know I'm doing it good. And I know whoever's watching is going to be entertained too. And she's just one of so many examples like that. You got to be careful, though, Kev. You don't want guys going out there and trying to break their bodies just for the catering crew. We are still concerned about the fans. Hey, man. I, yeah, but I, I remain steadfast in my, uh, in my statement that if they like it, the people watching will like oh, it. Oh, I agree. But we, have, we, I really, totally agree. we really have an incredible crew back there, and uh, it doesn't get set up. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hats off to everybody. KO, if we have you on the show and we don't bring up Sami Zayn right now and your relationship with Sami Zayn, I think the WWE universe will jump through the screen and go after us, Graves, because what played out, you had a word with Sami on Friday. Don't, don't, don't bring me into this. Kevin said Monday night he was done with Sami Zayn. You opted to bring it up so whatever no, I'm happens it to up. you, you deserve. Go, go. It's your, here, here's the keys. Here, go for it. I, I, I want to know more. I do want to know more right now because you did have a subtle word. It seemed like Sami was nearly listening to you on Friday. Jay, obviously, in the background, creeping in on the conversation. It, it's completely flipped on its head, though, since then. Not only were you betrayed, inside that structure of war games on Saturday. But then on Monday, you said you didn't want anything to do with him anymore. You guys go back an awful long way. We had Sami Zayn on the podcast last week talking about your history together. 
Then during the match, you hurt your back. And on commentary, we could hear Sami Zayn screaming at Jey Uso, target the back, target the back. When you're hearing those words in match, does that just reinforce your opinion that you're totally and utterly done with this guy right now who stands by Roman Reigns? Yeah, you know, he really didn't even betray me. He, he just helped his team win. And he chose to do it in a pretty... Spectacular fashion. <laughs> you know, messed up way. Right. But uh, again, it's like I said on Monday, I really can't blame him with everything I've done to him over the 20 years. And I'm talking before WWE as well. Uh, you know, so I guess the sentiment I really had is just um, our careers really have been linked forever. Uh, and in WWE, even if you just look at the last eight years, from the moment I started in NXT to now, even when we're not on the same show, our careers are somehow parallel. People still lump us together. And I mean, even if you just look at what we've done since I got to WWE, how many matches we've been on, we've had, how many uh, pay-per-views we've been in the same match, whether it was one-on-one or you know four ways or ladder matches or whatever. We've done three WrestleManias together. We did one. The first one was in a multi-man ladder match. We were in the same match. Second one, we were in a tag team match against Shane McMahon and, and Daniel Bryan. And we had a, a singles match at WrestleMania. Like, just that's three of them. That's insane. It is, it is insane. So uh, at this point on Monday, I really what I said really came from the heart. Like, it's just, it's time. I, I think we, we've just done this for a long time. We've really helped each other throughout our careers a lot, but we've probably held each other back as well, just because of this constant, the constant pairing in people's minds. Even when we're not together, we just, you know, like I know for a fact, I'll tell you this back in 2017 or he and I were so in, in people's minds, he and I were so just one that if he got heat backstage for something, I'd get the heat too, even if I had nothing to do with it. We got kicked off a Europe tour once together for something that I will, I'm going to have to, I don't think, I, I don't think either of us had anything to really be blamed for, but I was barely involved in that. Like, it's just, and it's just, no, <laughs> they're, they're, just get those guys out of here. It wasn't just to get one of them, both of them, because literally everything in that aspect, what I said, Monday stands, you know, I think it's just time to be done. And uh, he's thriving. He's thriving. I meant what I said that on Monday too, people are seeing, the Sami Zayn that I've known was there for 20 years. And I don't know why it took so long for people to really take notice and really give him the credit he deserves because he's been incredible in WWE the whole time he's been here. But uh, the last few months, I've obviously opened a lot of people's eyes to him, and it's great. But I just don't think it's uh, optimal for our careers to be uh, parallel anymore. You know? Is that something that you just kind of recently came to the realization about it, how closely intertwined you, you guys, obviously you guys are, have been the fight forever. That's nothing new within the business, but is it something that you've consciously said, all right, it's time to step away from that or to really separate yourself or are you just kind of letting it all play out? Man, I kind of think we've, we've both tried to separate ourselves for a long time and it just never, it just never worked out. Somehow we'd always end up finding our ways back to each other. Like even this is 2016. We're talking about, we had a, a, a match at battleground and, Everyone, the commentators were talking about it. Everyone backstage was talking about it. Vince McMahon at the time was saying, this is it. This is your last one. We're going to do this one battle. This is it. <laughs> How many matches have we had since then? You know what I mean? You and me, kid, we're destined to do this <laughs> dance forever. <laughs> 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears here a little bit. We, we, KP hit the, had the hard-hitting questions. He wanted to dive into your, you know, your personal life and all that sort of stuff. I want to talk about business that has nothing to do with WWE right now, uh, other than the fact that it's made several of us very, very excited. It was announced a few weeks back. I saw your response on Twitter when it was announced. Shinsuke Nakamura and the great Muda, two of my favorites of all time, competing on Muda's retirement tour. You were excited. You were elated when you heard the news. How cool is that just to be able to be a fan again? Kevin and Patrick and I got to chat about how rare and few and far between it is we get to get lost and just enjoy it like we used to. And I think this is going to be one where this match will scratch that itch for me. Would it be the same for you? Yeah, you know, uh, so I, I thankfully, I don't know what it is, but like I'm such a fan that I still get that itch scratch all the time. Like Monday night I was watching Becky go out in the crowd and talk like with the people and I was that was incredible. Like I was just such a fan in that moment. Stuff like that happens to me all the time. But I think the coolest part, like when I saw the the announcement for the match and like the way they they had it, and then Shinsuke's music hits in the in the video, and it just gave me absolute goosebumps. Knowing how incredible that is for the fans, it's such a treat. It's such a surprise. You would have never really thought that would be a, something that that could happen. Not only is it happening, but it's also something that I'm sure. Uh, you know, we haven't talked about it, but I'm sure it means a lot for Shinsuke to get to do that. So that whole, just just that in itself, but then, you know, I'll watch it and I'll be like, what's exciting to me beyond the match is just being able to see people's reaction to what they get to see. Because it really, it, until that announcement came through, it's kind of un, unimaginable that it would happen or, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't is. even It wasn't even something in people's minds. It's like me and Steve Austin at WrestleMania. Right, <laughs> right. It should never happen, but it did. It should have never happened. I know, right? You know what I mean? It's just like that. It makes no sense until it happens. Really, it's you can't fathom it. And now that's that's another thing that's going to happen that really was unfathomable until it was announced. And I think it's just a, a symptom of, of the the new. I hate to use symptom because that has a negative connotation, but it, it's it's something to look at the new regime and the changes within. Is this something you'd like to see more of from our company working with other companies? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, look, I'm very deeply rooted in the independent scene. For, uh, you know, that's where I came up and I still have so many friends there. And there's there, there's a, a few wrestling companies, that independent companies that I still hold very, like, you know, near. they're still very near and dear to my heart that I'd love to maybe one day show back up on just for fun, whether it's a promo or maybe it's a match, like, that's stuff that over the years that I've always kind of thought of like, hey, man, it'd be really cool if I get to do that one day. Now it feels like more of a possibility than ever. And it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it feels sure. like it could now, you know, and that's very exciting as well. Just for for everybody, for everybody involved, the fans, just the, the, the wrestlers, you know, I agree with that. I think it's, it's it would be WWE, in effect, watering the garden that is the independence because that's that's such a, an important lifeline for talent for all of us because for as many guys like yourself and your Sammys and, and Seth, guys that came up on the indies, you know, obviously we've got the, the athletes coming from the NIL program, but the independents are still always a viable source. And I would dare say you find the most passionate superstars on the independents because it's not a sexy life. I think that's a very fair assessment, yes. Because you're, you're not making a lot of money. There are countless hours and miles in crap cars piled four, five, six guys deep sometimes just so you can all split gas and get to what you need to do for, a, for the cliche because it's true, a hot dog and a handshake. That's the thing. If you get somebody from the independent, independent scene, most of the time you'll get somebody who obviously is very passionate about this. You don't have to question that because they chose to do it. 
a lot of these athletes from the NIL program, they become very good. Some of them don't work out, but uh, a lot of them are, end up working out great or, or, you know, athletes from any, any, any sports, like, you know, that WWE recruits or whatever, but they didn't necessarily choose to do this. They were, they were scouted to do it, you know? So there's, I've seen athletes come and go from the performance center that weren't passionate about this. And that's why they didn't work out. Uh, and then I've seen athletes come in from the outside world that had really had no idea what they were doing or getting themselves into and turned into Bianca Belair, who's one of the biggest superstars today. And she's unbelievable. So, you know, like, but that's the thing. When you get somebody from the independent scene, independent scene, 99% of the time, it's going to be somebody very passionate. So there's no doubt about that. From where you sit now in 2022, KO, as a guy who's been universal champion, a guy who has done everything there is to do essentially in WWE, if you could give younger you some advice or any of these guys who are on the independence right now struggling, or it seems like it's a pipe dream, or even somebody who just got to WWE from the independence. What advice would you give yourself from today's perspective? Man, that's a really hard question. Just because I'm sure over the years, and I'm talking just my time in WWE, right? Not even before it. But I'm sure over the last few years, there's things I could have done differently or should have done differently. But at the same time, when I look at where I'm I'm at today, it's hard for me to imagine doing anything differently. You know what I mean? Right. The end sort of justifies the means. Kind of, you know, like I'm sure I've made poor decisions, or, uh, uh, you know, or I, 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 I could have made better decisions or, uh, but uh, you know, it's all part of what got me to where I am now. And I think I'm in a pretty good place. So, and I've, you know, when I look back and you know, it's funny because I'll get frustration like anybody else, you know, this used to be something I talked about a lot. I used to always want more and more and more and what's next and what's next and what's next. And I, there's so many moments over the past eight years that I didn't properly enjoy because I was always worried about what was the next thing. Like when I was universal champion and having this incredible run with Chris Jericho and so many great moments, so many fun moments that people still talk about today. I'm ashamed to say that I really did not enjoy that as much as I should. I enjoy it now looking back. I watched the stuff we were doing together and it's so fun. It's so good. But in that moment, I wouldn't take the time to appreciate what I was doing because then I would worry, okay, well, next week, what are we doing? I've really matured in that way. And I've, uh, it's like we, last time I was on this podcast was right after I did the match with Steve at WrestleMania. I mean, that, that night probably changed my career just the way I look at it because I've said it before. It's all downhill. It's all downhill from yeah. there. I don't, <laughs> but I don't mean that as a bad thing. Right, right. But you've seen the mountaintop and it is good. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just, uh, I, I just look at things differently now and, you know, I just try to enjoy everything so much more. And I guess that, that turns back around to the advice I would give myself. I would just say, you're gonna, you need to take the time, even when you're frustrated and you think things could be different or you're hungry for more, you have to appreciate what you're in and what you're getting in them. Cause otherwise, you know, it's, I, I have regret. I regret not, you know, not taking the time to enjoy 2015, 2016, 2017, because I was just so concerned about what's next and I want to get bigger. I want to get, you know what I mean? It is what it is though. But you're always conditioned by the present and that's the same for everyone in every walk of life. And KO, I'd love to, before we let you go, ask you about your message that is just keep fighting. You know, we're told that this is the merriest time of year. This is the happiest time of year. Yet, 
you know, for, for a lot of folks, it's, it's, it's a time where financial struggles, mental illness, um, sickness, we just don't know what everybody's going through. And we can get into arguments on Twitter or with someone passing them down the street. You just don't know what's going on in everyone's lives. And have you a message for your fans at this time of year, given that you always put out, just keep fighting? Yeah, you know, I, uh, the just keep fighting thing was really just a phrase that I would use myself just as part of just a, a, a mentality, a life motto, right? And then when I put it on a t-shirt, because I thought it's a good message. And, you know, I equated it at the time when I was talking to the merch people. It's almost like never give up, like John's, John Cena's. It's same kind of message. Dusty's just keep stepping. Sure. It's just all, it's all, it's a mess. You know, it's a meant, and that can mean a lot to a lot, you know, different things to a lot of people, but it's a, it's a positive message one way or another. And once I put that on a t-shirt, the, the, the outpour I got, like the outpouring of messages from people that were just saying, this is the kind of like people going through obstacles that I personally would never, I can't even imagine how, you know, whether it's, illnesses or things that happen in their families or just personal life struggles that were, uh, you know, just that, that, that would crush anybody. And those people were using that, that, that phrase as a way to keep going. Uh, it really spoke to me. And, uh, you know, now it's just, it's always, now it's something that's associated with me, but I, so many people, like I, I get tweets about people getting that tattooed on them, that, that phrase. And it's just such a simple phrase, but somehow hearing it, for me helps motivate them. And that's so humbling. I can't even begin to describe that. And obviously anybody that struggles, uh, you know, I'll talk to fans who, who, who will tell me, Oh, you know, I feel stupid for saying this, but I've been going through that. I'm like, and, and I'm like, no, no struggle is stupid. And I think that's a very important thing to remember because literally everybody struggles. And the best thing to do is obviously ask for help if you need it, but also, just keep fighting is just a very important it's it's just everyone needs everybody needs fight all right well ko man we appreciate you hanging out for a little while keep doing what you're doing uh we're all enjoying it and we'll see you on monday all right thanks guys take it easy always a pleasure anytime kevin owens joins the show i could talk business with this dude for hours and hours and hours but unfortunately kp we're running low on time but before we get out of here i have to give out a few flowers i want to hand out a few out of boys if you will Uh, And it's something that you are a little more familiar with front and center than I am these days. Main event, right? WWE main event. It's, it's a a show that airs primarily internationally. It's really an opportunity for a lot of people to get exposure. Uh, Recently, if you can look it up, I don't know where everybody can watch it. It's different. It's on Hulu. It's Hulu. You can, you can see it on Peacock too. Yeah. But, but check out main event. It's, it's a short show. It's, it's, it's abbreviated. You're going to get a lot of recaps, but there are matches. And the matches that have been happening recently, to me, have really caught my attention. Before I walk out to Monday Night Raw to call with you, you're already out there from the beginning of main event, and you've called two or three matches, or two matches for the, for the live crowd. And lately, we've been getting a lot of NXT superstars, some unfamiliar faces coming up for a, a week, perhaps two, to kind of get their feet wet, to sort of acclimate themselves to what it means to be on Raw or SmackDown versus NXT, because it's a very different world. But I have to give credit to the WWE superstars who have been competing against these young guns, these up-and-comers who have been holding the ship together. Guys like Cedric Alexander in particular. Cedric deserves his flowers. This is a dude who has been tag team champion. He's been cruiserweight champion. Cedric's the real deal. But what you do 
per our earlier conversation is you realize what an opportunity it is and you maximize it. You capitalize on it. That's what Cedric has done week after week, putting on bangers with the likes of uh, Joe Gacy. Uh, who else has come to mind? Grayson Waller has been on recently. JD McDonough has been on recently. There's been a, a host of NXT superstars that have come down and Byron Saxton and I have the privilege of calling it. And I absolutely love it because you see Zoe Stark from this past week. You've had Alba Fire on very recently. Fallon Henley. They crave this opportunity in front of the, the exactly. WWE universe at whatever venue we're at for Monday Night Raw. They get down and all of a sudden you have a star maker. Like you discussed last week on the show, Shelton Benjamin is a perfect example who's been really turning it on of late. He's been absolutely outstanding. Tamina, another wonderful example. Dana Brooke, Akira Tozawa. Each and every week, they, they're working so hard with the NXT superstars that come down and they are putting on one hell of a match. And, and I, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that you've pointed that out because Cedric Alexander, Shelton, Tamina, Dana, they deserve this praise. And what I love about what that particular cast of characters you just mentioned have done is they've sort of made it their own little corner of the WWE universe. You've seen that same, same roster of characters repeating over the past few weeks, but they've kind of developed it into their own little program where they are the stars and they're telling their own stories. And again, it's about doing what you can with the opportunity provided. And that's exactly what your Dana Brooke is doing. It's exactly what Cedric's doing. Same thing for Tamina. You, you take whatever's thrown your way and you try to hit a home run. And you know why? Because something happens like is happening right now. Somebody takes notice, obviously higher up the ladder than myself, but somebody will look and say, man, Cedric's been kicking ass on main event. Let's see what he can do on raw. Hey, Dana Brooke, we haven't seen her much on raw since losing the 24 seven championship, but she's been working her ass off on main event. All right, let's let's see. That's how this works. That's how this game works. You keep your head down. You do the best you can with what's provided to you, and and you wait for your number to be called, and you make yourself a more attractive option to everybody making decisions. So behind the scenes, guys, just really quickly, as you all know, there's many more people to it than just simply the superstars, and that's where I have to give a shout out to James Curtin, aka Mavericks Bud. He, he has been uh, the mastermind behind main event over the last few months, and I think we've seen we've seen much more creativity on the show and he's played a huge role there. So massive hat tip to James. Drake Maverick, for those keeping track at home, uh, he he's doing what he can with what he has provided and making something special that you do not want to miss. In fact, go out of your way to check it out. Main event, wherever it airs near you, make sure you're following us at after the bell, WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE graves. You can find KP at, Kev underscore Egan, E-G-A-N. Only took me a few weeks, I finally remembered. Make sure you're listening for free on Spotify. Just search after the bell and hit the follow button so that you never miss an episode. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. Bell.